This is John Connors and you're listening to Tales from the East End. Just in time I found you just in time Before you came my time Was running low I was lost The losing dice were tossed My bridges all were crossed Nowhere to go Now you're here Now I know just where I'm going No more doubt or fear Have Welcome back, fellow hoops, to episode number 24, sponsored by the ever-delicious Peach Tree East. And if you don't know them by now, well, then you're missing out on some serious scram. So, um, for any potential businesses out there, we love free stuff. So contact us, give us free stuff, and we will talk about how cool your free stuff is on our show. So, uh, we're going to talk about the games against Derry and Cork in the League Cup. Look ahead to Glenville and the FAI Cup tomorrow, and we've got interviews with James Doon and Robert Goggins, Tim Coakley, a Glenville man, oh, and some Galway bloke named Michael. Yeah, we might air that later if there's time. Uh, so as usual, it's me, Gary Parsons, and that prof, Carl Royley, is with me in Johnny Blue's bar. So yeah, um, we're here in Crumlin, where you and I grew up, Gary. Yes. In the projects. The projects. The, the mean streets. The mean streets of D12. <laughs> Jeez, I hope those trimming pricks don't come over the other side of the road, I Gary. know, yeah, because we have to stand at the Star Bingo. We bloodshed. Yeah. That was the border, wasn't it? The Star Bingo. And then you crossed over, you were in Drimna. And then there was trouble. I could smell your crumbliness when you got over there. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, we just wanted to read out a couple of things before we got going today. The email, who's from Neil, who might remember uh, from our Jason McLean interview. Uh, I'm not sure he even remember doing the interview, Carl, because <laughs> I reckon he got told. He's like, you know, you were on a podcast last week, yeah? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I do it new. It's news to me, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hi, guys. Uh, just listen to your podcast, and we'll be following you guys, and hope to get over again real soon. Could you please give the Gary Twig Supporters Club a shout out? from us on your next show a massive heartfelt thanks from Neil Martin David Harrison and Charlie Walker we met Neil he was the one who was on the show and the level of hospitality shown to us was simply incredible forever friends in football Neil on behalf of Four and Hand Hibs Supporters Club so they're good lads and they had a good time so uh, welcome back anytime and just to say thanks to Rovers 12 on the forum for this really nice feedback that he posted the other day belatedly catching up on listening after being away for a week or so and what a fucking tonic after the balls and dairy results possibly the best episode yet the pod has really cemented itself do we refer to it as pods is that normal the pod was good some do some do I've heard people call it a cast the cast yeah just the older generation don't be lazy yeah call it a podcast the pod has really cemented itself as part of the whole weekly Rovers experience, especially for supporters living outside Ireland like me. So, well done, lads. Great to hear all the voices and contributions. K-O-H. You're starting to blush here, Carl. I know, yeah. I really appreciate that, especially from the overseas hoops. Like, if I was living overseas, I think I would love Definitely. a show like this. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Makes you feel closer to home. And someone said to you about the show, you better keep going in the off-season. Yeah, that was Matt Dar. He'll love a show out now. It's a first-time yeah. show on him what will we talk about then? I don't know. Talk about something. Just drink cans and talk shy. Yeah. <laughs> so we lost 2-0 at home to Derry in a very frustrating encounter, Carl. Um, fifth minute applause for Roy McBride who scored his last ever goal in Tala. Shout out to Brendan, our CEO on Air Sports in the fifth minute who was, who was ever so feminine clapping style. Uh, 
<laughs> Did you notice? <laughs> He's like the Queen of England. <laughs> You're giving him awful stick on this. I did notice, yeah. The um, second time you've mentioned his uh, TV appearances. Every time, every time he's on the TV, we gotta give him stick. Yeah, so um, it's it didn't actually go down too well. The not that it didn't go down too well, but some fans thought that the fifth minute applause was overkill, and we already paid tribute to the past get to him in the past game earlier in Richmond. Yeah, there was a banner in Richmond, and it was immense applause. But I, I had no problem. With it. Yeah, There's nothing I mean, wrong I'm, with. Do you know what I'm on? Minutes. Like, yeah, it's I'm not pushed on the subject. You know, it's although more if so you want to do it, uh, it's more so that it's during a game. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. The John Terry substitution. I'm not comparing McBride to John Terry substitution, but it's during a game. Yeah, I think we could just drop it now after this. It's done and dusted now, isn't it? So, um, we're going to move on to the Parson header, and McAniff nearly cuts Homer out with a free kick, which has been threatening all season. I mean, and finally it happened, so we'll talk about that in a while. But... um, I'm a long-time admirer of McNamee now, smashing player. I would love him at Rovers. Same with McAniff. I think he's really good. Ten goals this season, McAniff. Hammer of a rifle. And uh, Finn McAllister had chances for us as well. What do you think of McAniff and uh, McNamee? Would you take any of them? Yeah, McNamee was very good in that game. He's always good against us. Always. Yeah. I remember his, his first game against us in 2012 under Brian Laws. Mm. Ran the show. Yeah. He was only a teenager then, I think. He's technically very, very good. And uh, McAniff has got that bit of bite about him and a lo- nice long shot. So it was a good good compliment. Yeah. They complimented each other well. I'm sick of, of, of not scoring goals, Carl, let's be honest. We're, I think 5 7 we lost now. Uh, Finn McCasa had chances for us. Melee 2. The one-on-one chance he scored with his left foot. Finn missed one with his left foot. I mean, these are one-on-ones. These are one-on-one chances. We should be putting away. It actually was kind of embarrassing watching Soccer Republic because they put a compilation together of all our chances missed in a row and it was fucking comical stuff, man. Yeah, there was one by Clark as well. Yeah. They all seemed to go the same way. They just were dragged wide. Just either, a foot or less wide, you know? Either someone was on his wrong foot or he just dragged ah, it wide. It's getting very frustrating. Nothing hitting the target. Yeah. So it was nil all at halftime. It was a disappointing crowd as well. The atmosphere was quite flat. It was uh, 2,872. Yeah, I'm having biggest game of the season and pe- people just... I'm not even... Can we make excuses now? Can we say the Aviva? Yeah. Can we say these Bank things? holiday weekend. Bank holiday... Maybe so. I mean, it still seems to have form when it comes to bank holiday weekends and these big events that are on the Aviva, so... It was actually a bigger game than Bowes, but you wouldn't know it from the build-up because the build-up was kind of low-key. Yeah. Like Bradley said, it's just a game. Webster says... No cup final, no? <laughs> no, no cup final. Webster said uh, it won't make or break our season. Yeah, it, it felt like they were admitting defeat already in a way, in a roundabout way, but... I wouldn't say that. I was just saying they were kind of playing down the importance of it. Yeah. So, I mean, what do we do to increase attendances at these games? And in general, I mean, how do you turn a casual game-goer to a full-on Rovers fan home and away, you know? I mean, I can't see how anybody can go to the odd game or just go to home games. That's just me. And you feel the same as well. I mean, bar financial situations, that's completely understandable. But work... Might be a stumbling block, but we can all get around that. We all get annual leave if you, if you work. I usually ditch my winter week in favour of five Friday nights. Go to all the away games I can. And, I mean, I think you need to invest and have somebody the likes of, like, Lee Barnwall or, or Maloney or Kenny B in my case or maybe Dunster. You know, someone whose enthusiasm for Rovers just rubs off on you. Do you know, that that type of individual that's around you and maybe brings you to the games. I mean, as we say in Tales from the East End, one of the people. I mean, sure, even, even my missus wants to go now. She said to me before the court game, she goes, can I go again? I said, yeah, certainly go, go if you want. I mean, definitely. You want to come to the game? Definitely not going to say no. You're a convert. Mm, I know. 
So a um, few notable people in Tala. Paddy Hollihan was there. John Connors. No sign of Niji though. No, no. Was John drinking fizzy orange? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was milling the points. Uh, lovely fella as well. Yeah, so we met another... Um, we had someone else on the show. And it was the Prez. Michael D. Higgins. And... Uh, Lovely fella, really, really eager to talk. His butler or whoever the guy is that looks after him, I'm not sure who he is. Well, he said I could have two questions, but Mickey D could have talked for, for a long time. So yeah, he he's, yeah, he's definitely, definitely a big fan. And um, apparently he's a listener now. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're going to go to our quick clip of uh, Mickey D talking to us in the Glamour Suite. I'm here with Michael D. Higgins, President of Ireland, and we're going to get his thoughts on Lee Grace, our debutant today against Derry. And Lee, how much of a loss is he to Galway? Well, we wish Lee Grace well. I think that's what is important to say. He's a very strong player, uh, a lot of character. Of course, uh, he is a loss to us, but uh, uh, clubs go on and players move, and that's the nature of the of the Irish game as well. Is that players have to pick up experience I, I still wish him well with his career with, with Rovers yeah he's been very good in the first half um, your thoughts on Rovers going to Galway on Friday week Galway haven't beaten Rovers in 10 years will you, be, will you end the hoodoo <laughs> well uh, as, as I'm speaking I understand it's one all in, uh, against Ben Harps right. uh, we need a win uh, but uh, Every point is a prisoner. Uh, I'm at this not stage. really worried where it comes from, but every point is important at this stage. We've, in fact, actually, I've been unlucky in terms of just to have a string of, of, of draws, uh, which kind of leave you stuck in the, in the, in yeah. a, in the place. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the ultimate question: Will Galway stay up this season? It's touch and go at the moment, but I, I believe yes. I think there's only one good result be, between any of the teams in the bottom four. And uh, I, 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 I'm, I, I remain hopeful. But it's what you do uh, any time I'm over, which uh, if I get a chance on a Friday evening, I certainly will be going to Terryland to Cheers. wish them well, of course. Yeah. Thanks very much, uh, Michael. And You're uh, very welcome. It's always a pleasure to come here. So who do you think the prayers are putting on the list of Hadrian, Carol? I don't know, maybe. Bugabi? Yeah, <laughs> Trump. Yeah. Maybe a random poet because he thinks they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's quite the poet, isn't he? If we're actually keeping score this season, that's probably Michael E. Higgins, 17, John Delaney, 2 or something for <laughs> attending League of Ireland games this season. Yeah, yeah, he's some man. He's some boy. And you know what? He, if you listen back to it, when you just did listen to it, he's keeping track of the scores. He knew what score it was in Galway. Yeah. So um, I heard you were standing there ready to pounce with the microphone. Oh, yeah. Who, who gave you that one? I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, it was like National Geographic. I was just waiting to pounce on him, waiting for my... My time. Uh, what did John Connolly say to you? John, I think John Lee says, I think John said something along the lines. He goes, oh, you'll never get him on the show. And then I just got told, yeah, it's time to go go talk to him. I'm like, yeah, we'll see about that, Johnny boy. <laughs> Before we go shout out to John again, John gave me a birthday cookie. I was very happy with that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fiend for the cakes. So Yeah, not a good birthday for you, though. No. So well, as regards to content for the show, we were happy with that, but definitely. And you're not. a new uncle as well, aren't you? Yeah, new uncle, the day before my birthday. And brand new baby girl, Cora Parsons. She will be a hoop, much to the dislike of her father, but I don't think uh, he has a say in it. <laughs> yeah, we did a caption contest with a picture of uh, the president and you, and uh, Bill Gleason wins hands down for me. He just wrote uh, Michael D. Higgins, supposedly saying, uh, John. Paul, 
Ringo. Ah, I didn't and, see that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, still no no football player on Shamrock Rovers team has gotten the all four Beatles. So that's that says a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about the McInef goal. Errors, errors, fucking errors. How how more are we gonna make? I mean, Tomer passed the fin, missed our possession himself, and then he loses possession. And McAniff slams one home after a McNamee. Well, Finn pass. had two Derry players on him, so why is Tomer giving it to Finn? I don't think it was that much of an issue. He had time and he miscontrolled the ball. If he had took a decent touch, he would have got a pass off. Fair enough, slight, slight amount of pressure, not crazy pressure. He still had space. So he lost the ball. Maybe Tomer could have just knocked it along, but listen. And we gave McAniff the freedom of Dublin. The freedom of Dublin. And the one person you don't give it to. See how the goal he scored against us in Bunkrana. Absolute cracker. He has it in him. He's his 10th goal of the season. And Brads are set as well, am I right? Yeah, and if you remember in the first half, McEnough lined one up just outside the box and McAllister threw himself at the ball. Yeah. And another time, Grace stepped out and quickly shut him down. So it's obvious that we had prepared for him, but for this goal, he was allowed to take three or four touches and there was no one within That's what I think 10 yards of him. Sadler made that point. He said, he said, look at the space that he was given. Look at the lack of um, urgency from the Rovers players to go and track him down. He took one touch, thought about a shot, and saw, I have a bit of space here. I'm going to take another touch and then took it yeah. and buried it. So. And you said, this is a goal. Just before it. Yeah. <laughs> Mac on the edge of the box, man. Come on, it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's, it's, if you give him the freedom of Dublin, he's going to do it. Unfortunately, it was totally against the one to play because uh, we were on top of that stage. We were smashing them around. We were quite good for the first 15 minutes of the second half. It was such a kick, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, the Derry celebrations, um, Curtis again. Yeah, Curtis again. That that fullback with this with this with the fade haircut. He's very lucky. He's not on the list of hatred. He, he came straight over, pumping the fist. Is that Monaghan? I don't think so. I think it might be McDermott, young McDermott, the fullback. I remember him getting up and down. But either way, Monaghan was definitely giving it loads. I thought he was one of the biggest culprits. Patterson as well. He he. The, I'm telling you, these guys. There's one thing like. Akinadi was giving it back to us. So you can almost say, fair enough. But nothing prompted the Derry players. No, don't think so. I'm telling you, swings and roundabouts, man. They'll, fall, they'll they come just, back on them. They're just classless. Really, yeah, definitely. They? Classless bunch. Cons- definitely agree with that there, yeah. Almost provoked another pitch invasion. Yeah. Which we did have then against Cork, which we'll talk yeah, about. Definitely. Uh, our subs, move on to that. They're quite predictable now at this stage. Um, it's either Boyd... Or O'Connor, and then maybe a midfielder. So, what did I say to you on the error mark? I said, Gar, are we going to throw Boyd and O'Connor on as wingers like we do every week? Ugh. And then what do you do? He goes and does it. But, um, yeah, I was crying out for doing it at this stage. Something different rather than bring the strikers on as wingers. Yeah. Must be, I, I don't know how, he must yeah. be very frustrated at this stage doing Boy, it. Boyd coming on before O'Connor as well, that seems to bother a lot of people. Yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about O'Connor's cameo against Cork because it was really good uh, Gary Shaw had the post tried to steer home across with his knee didn't know much about it I think yeah very unlucky although I mean I mean, he still got himself in a good position it, uh, it was down to a bad finishing essentially I mean glorious chances one on ones in the warm up we actually look great I always we've been getting to tell it a little bit earlier lately because doing interviews and things like that and I always try and look at the warm up and we look good in the warm up we're, we're slotting balls home you know and, and Dirty mm. weren't amazing let's be honest we carved them open so many times so it wasn't a master class in defending it's just shy finishing and poor little Brando can't hit the target lately either I mean our best finisher 
and you've been very vocal at that, Carl. To, like between ourselves in this in the stadium. Yeah, the court game especially. Some you had a couple of really tame shots, and then the second half, woeful effort. Yeah, yeah, it's not like him at all. I mean, maybe it's time. I mean, uh, Borky's been our most effective player as of late in behind Shaw. That's where I preferably like to see that Brando play. But are you going to drop Bork or play him out of position? You know, it's it's probably not going to happen. But um, we'll go on to Tomer. The the hot topic of Tomer finally being lobbed. And should he have gone up? Uh, Dan Murray doesn't seem to think so on Soccer Public. But I think he should have. I mean, why not? It was three and a half minutes left. That's what a lot of people had a problem with. But yeah, Bradley didn't send him up anyway. He was Tomer's... Oh, his own choice. Yeah, he went up himself. Well, yeah, I think he did. Actually. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the thing is, as well, there was no problem until he miskicked it. That's so he true, took yeah. he took a bad touch and then he went straight to a dairy player. It was just a random punt. He could have tried to pick someone out. I think it was a, he got nervous. He, he's so far up, getting a fucking nosebleed at that stage. But the ball came out to him from the corner. You could put it down to a a, a bit of a lack of concentration from Tomer. I know it's rare that you can see it, but. You can see it more often than the keeper scores in those yeah. situations. We had Boyd and O'Connor. We had a lot of height in the box that, already. That's a good way of saying it, actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, we did have one positive, was the league race debut. Very agile, athletic and composed. Looks a real find. Uh, and no wonder the lads moved mountains to get him here. Apparently Cork and Dundalk wanted him as well. So Yeah, universal praise from the fans. In yeah. a 2-0 home defeat, that says it all. He just looks so cool and calm and classy on the ball. So Yeah, it's great awareness. I love his charging runs, too. Yeah penetrating runs up the pitch something that we've been missing since Dan Murray he was uh, quite the man for the penetrating runs although he wasn't anywhere near as slow as Dan Murray yeah Derry hit us in the break one time and Grace just nipped it off Curtis mm. I was really impressed with that yeah he was actually told he was too small to be a footballer Grace early on yeah he had a growth spurt he must have had a growth spurt yeah get him into the army as well an army man former army man some accent on him too yeah when I talked to him it was like interviewing your man in the Czech Republic all over again oh man Tipperary what an accent yeah Grace got the number 5 short which I thought was Picos you thought he'd nick someone's jersey yeah I thought he'd nick someone's jersey no he haven't had a number 5 since Dave O'Connor left and uh, Dean Carpenter took Shane Hanny's number 2 yeah and Darren Clark took Aaron Dobbs 26 short so Dobbs will need a new one when he comes back from Wexford. Oh, I didn't know that. If he comes back. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, uh, what I want to know is, how can we beat Dundalk at Oriel Park and then lose two home games, Carl? I had us down for four points at least, and we got zilch. Zero. I had us down for four points. At least. How can <laughs> we lose two home games after winning in Oriel Park? For the first time since, what, six years? Six years in Oriel Park? Uh, yeah, six years. So how can, how can we do that? How can Question that happen? Answer it. <laughs> <laughs> because we like to take one step forward, two steps back. Oh, Shamrock yeah. Rovers. And at a crucial time in the season too. Not the time to be losing these games. Time and couldn't have been worse. So we're now eight points behind Derry with a game in hand. And Europe, is it still on? For me it is. You know me. My glass is half full. But I know you hate this, Carl. I know you hate predicting the runs. Of results. Oh, You've no. given out to me oh, a few times. Don't do it, Gary. I'm not going to do it now. But we do have a run that sees us play a few mid-table teams in a row. And it's favourable. So, I have done it. I won't tell him me tally. I won't frustrate you. But, it's possible. It's still possible. I mean, Derry always get the better of us. And we still haven't beaten a Kenny Shields team, have we? 
No, the only result we got against was when we agriculturally came back for the two-all draw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we didn't want to be relying on one of the top three to win the cup to get into Europe, but here we are. And, you know, it is worrying. Derry did the clean sweep over us. Our main rivals in Europe, and we had them at home twice. So. Oh, I know. They'll be twisting the tail, though, definitely. 100%. Thank God Bowes only drew. Well, because they'd, be leveling they'd have been leveling points oh, or if Bray no. had won what does that say about the season if both oh. are level just about level and here we are oh. Oh, so we had a bit of a, a funny moment on air sport as well Carl yeah Kenny Shields granddaughter was born earlier that day which led to a Freudian slip for the ages <laughs> on air sport they were doing the game live and oh. don't just listen to this you look out for the video as well because you have to check out John McDonald's John reaction, reaction is just a proper lad reaction he looks left and he looks right and he's just like did you just hear it he didn't say it but he's looking around going hear what he said yeah it's brilliant but uh, uh, here's here's the audio anyway yeah double whammy good day for the Shields family, uh, family rather and I want to get to the break because I do want to round up yeah no I'm, I'm actually a fan of Shields and how he manages games in general and I think um I think he is a good manager. He seems to have us, uh, has our cards marked anyway. He has us, sussed for sure. Uh, he'd said beforehand that us being third is akin to them being bottom in terms of expectations, so he can't take everything he says seriously. Yeah, so, no, well, he has got some, a background just, of psychology and he's yeah. a master of mind games, so he wouldn't know what nonsense, to think. But, but afterwards, he explained how he beat us, basically. It was like he said that they allowed us to have the ball in areas where we couldn't hurt them. What, like on the 18 yard line? <laughs> and <laughs> just have shots? Well, having said that, I mean, we mentioned the chances. One does go in, or two of those go in. We win 2 0, everything's rosy. Yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's, no, that's, uh, that's bullshit from him, so. There was a great stat, though, that, uh, Derry have played 10 competitive games in Dublin under Kenny Shields, and they've won nine of them. Whoa. I was. That's, that's a super stat. Stunned by that. Well. And we both watched the repeat of the game on Air Sport because we're masochists. Yeah. And the chances that we missed, once again, is very, very frustrating. And um, Bork, Bork was booked for diving, which was never a dive. Clearly fouled. No, Sherbert chopped him down. It was Clearly a fouled. Ridiculous I mean, decision. He might have a bit of a rep, but that was a definite foul. It is actually funny now, though, how much Madden dives every game. I don't know. He just, do you know what? It's not a dive. It's just <laughs> a tactical falling. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's been genuinely fouled in about three years you just you can see a little look he looks behind him slightly and he's like okay he's near me I'm gonna fall now he was booked against Cork after this he finally uh, yeah finally caught up with him yeah but uh, yeah but over the two games to the Cork when they're about to talk to it what, what is the story with all the shots off target it's crazy isn't it in particular Cork Cork was nuts as well I mean like I said they're slamming him home in the, in the, in the warm up It's let's just put it to a bad patch of just a bad patch and we're over it now I remember uh, Burke took the ball down with one touch about 35 yards out and you were drooling over it uh, and then and, what did he do and then I said yeah but Gary he's going to shoot now <laughs> and I gave him the and benefit then, of the I was like no he's yeah. not he's going to spray a pass out to the yeah. left and he buried one like miles over the bar 50 yards over the bar yeah we just didn't test Doherty at all and in the car game McNulty made that great save from Finn onto mm-hmm. the bar but I mean we're not testing goalies we're getting shots off. We're getting shots off. We're getting the great positions. We played some lovely football, but God, we're just not hitting the target. So, and I, 
Yeah, I saw, saw a lot of people questioning Shaw, but it was our midfielders who were missing yeah. all the chances. Yeah, no, it's just a bad patch. We'll, we'll put it down to that, and we'll we'll go on, and we'll uh, we'll have a couple of good results next. But um, we have something else now off the pitch stuff with Rovers showing fantastic support for the visit of the Gaza kids to the Derry game. So they were overwhelmed with kindness from all the Rovers staff, fans, junior hoops, and the president, of course, and. Uh, Brilliant work done by Danielle Tully Robinson, who said, We have Rovers fans for life in the team. They were wearing their Rovers tracksuits with pride. Already have liked Rovers on Facebook and planning their next trip over. So it was a fair play to all involved. Uh, you're a credit to the club. And the chairman of Al Halal Football Academy Gaza posted a thank you video for Rovers as well. So it was a great day all around. Yeah, they enjoyed the day. It was great to see. And now we have a we have a new interview room. So if we ask you to come to our creepy stairwell, don't be afraid. It's just an interview, not an abduction. <laughs> creepy stairwell. We're gonna find someone's bones down there. Yeah. It's at the far end of it's the Glenmalore suite. Bare, isn't it? There's nothing in it like that. It's like yeah. they just built the bricks and said, "Right, we're not actually gonna do anything with this. It's the stairs. That's it." We need to put a red light outside so that everyone knows an interview is in progress. No, we're or not like disturbed. A flickering, scary red light. Oh, yeah. One of those, and and have a, a buzzing sound in the background. <laughs> Definitely won't get any interviews in there. Um, talk to Tim Coakley, who's on the committee of Glenville, and also the kit man, who is up to his neck in Daz, as he said to us. In Daz and Almo. In Daz and yeah. Almo. So, uh, our FAI Cup opponents on Friday, and here's Tim. Okay, we're here with Tim Coakley from Glenville to talk about the FAI Cup tie at Tala on Friday. And Glenville, Glenville are celebrating their 20th year. In existence. So can you give us some background on the club? Well basically this time 20 years ago uh, the 13th of August actually marks our first ever competitive league fixture in Division 2 in the AUL on a Saturday. So in that 20 years we've progressed to where we are today basically you know um, I suppose through hard work and, and, and you know determination a little bit of luck from players and getting good players and stuff like that and being professional on and off the pitch as best we could be at the time and we've progressed this far um, I suppose we started out 20 years ago with one team on a Saturday afternoon and it grew shortly after that the next season we had two teams and there was a bit of a buzz and a bit of momentum around Palmerstown for Glenville and uh, young players started to come in and we mixed them in with the old lads and stuff like that and eventually they progressed up through the leagues and in 2000 and 2001 that season we moved to the Leinster Senior League and basically I suppose the rise has been fairly fairly rapid in, in, in junior or amateur football terms really and uh, you know we just constantly moved on and on through hard work again a bit of backing from the local community support wise and sponsorship wise and stuff like that and uh, in 2005 we went on again won a league got promoted again started heading towards that goal of ours of intermediate football in 2008 then we won the Polycoff Cup and at the same time gained promotion into intermediate status and, and we've battled on from there since finally 2015-16 season we got to the top league the Leinster Senior League so you know it's in some way a bit of a kind of a whirlwind and in other ways you can kind of look back and go you know okay in, in a short space of time when things fall your way and when you do things the right manner or try to do things as best you can with whatever resources you have you can through hard work become at the stage where you know you're competing against Shamrock Rovers and Tala Stadium on a Friday night which is you know absolute fairy tale stuff really for us we're delighted to be here and you know I think it's it's a little bit of a payback for 
the determination and the hard work of the current squad and those who have gone before, both on the pitch and off the pitch at committee level as well. Uh, when did you first become involved in Glenville and what's your role now? Um, my first involvement in Glenville was about six or seven months after the club started in 1997. So they had kind of began playing Saturday I went down with my brother who was involved at the time he was playing and um, I had just come back from I was working down the country and he says come on down and do a bit of training so I played quite poorly for most of my years there but um, I went on the committee more or less straight away just to help out in any way I could you know so at the minute I'm still on the committee uh, my job tends to be kit man I wash the jerseys and stuff like that and separate socks it's not the most glamorous stuff but again it has to be done and and it, it's something i take pride in myself personally you know to present the lads onto the pitch in the best way they can be you know and and uh, so that's that's where i'm at at the minute i have played over 25s level for them over the years and um also saturday level and stuff like that but the boys that are playing now are far far more talented than i ever was so you know thankfully they don't have to rely on me to kick a ball around anymore uh, I think you're looking for a promotion now back to the top division of the Leinster Senior League and how did you get on last season? Last season um, we put a bit of a run together there from Christmas on and we weren't far off promotion but possibly you know maybe a few better results early in the season might have helped us and, and again it's a hugely competitive league I mean we looked at the at the, the league formation there of, of the teams that are in it, it you know some of them are top top class and we believe we're, we're there on merit. We believe that we can be promoted. And I know from watching the lads training our pre-season, they're working very hard. And that will be the goal is to be up the right end of the table and see where things take us, you know, come toward the end of the season. Uh, Glenville have a young squad, but would there be any familiar ex-League of Ireland names in there or any other players to watch out for? Well, yes, we do predominantly have a young squad. Um, we have a few a sprinkling of, of, of experienced boys at, at Glenville there's a few lads who came to the club 12-14 years ago are still there the club captain Kieran McDonald is, he's, a, he's a stalwart he's an absolute gentleman both on and off the pitch he, he's as a club captain he, he's a fantastic ambassador for the club you know on, on how he talks to us talks to the management talks to the committee deals with younger players looks after them stuff like that Donald Gilmer is there a long time as well and, and you know Phil Duffy Davy Keogh there's a good few of them around the squad still that are you know have a lot of, of Glenville experience I suppose their League of Ireland experience a lot of those boys that I mentioned played against Bowes in our first FAI Cup outing we'll say in 2010 and um, most of them a good lot of them as well would have played against Limerick in 2014 so the young fellas have the older boys to mind them, keep them under their wing, and uh, and also you know, it, it's fantastic when you know to look at the lads when they're training and how they apply themselves, and they see the example from the likes of Kieran and Phil and and all these boys. You know, Paddy Whelan, the goalkeeper as well, is an experienced lad. So, you know, we're hoping to come here on next Friday night and give a good account of ourselves and show off Glenville as a very competitive, hard-working club who deserve to be here and, and who will enjoy their day but still you know there's a game of football to be played and, and uh, we have a lot of young lads who are dying to have a go and, and test themselves against top level players you know. What was Glenville's route to the FEI Cup first round proper how did they qualify? Um, obviously through the, the Intermediate Cup got to the last 16 of the Intermediate Cup and then um, actually luckily when we were the first ball, ball taken out of the hat for the preliminary round for a boy so we got a little bit of luck to get here and then of course we got the luck of, of drawing Shamrock Rovers away in the first round proper so 
So they've played against some good good sides through the intermediate cup and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, and it, it's a competition that we strive to be at the at the the latter end of every year. You know, it, it's one of those competitions that again you can be drawn all over the country but it's great experience to go to places previously like Rock Mountain, UCC and you know there's a lot of quality down there as well and you know they're a good test to prepare us for this. You've met big clubs before in the FAI Cup you mentioned 2010 against Balls Mm -hmm. and there was Limerick in 2013. Yeah Yeah, uh, the first time again through the Intermediate Cup we would have progressed and uh, I think we beat UCC in the preliminary round that year and drew Bohemians at the time who were double winners the year before you know so it was massive excitement for us you know looking at the draw on the television and things like that you know and a, f- a few of our representatives went to the draw at the time and it was, it was great excitement to draw them at home uh, we hosted the game in, in Richmond Park as did we host the game in Whitehall against Limerick in 2013 so you know we've we've learned a lot of, about how to host teams at this level as well and, and we like to think that we're surely getting better at it we you know it's great to mix with different clubs and we learn stuff as we go along obviously but um you know we're, we're fairly we believe that we should be knocking on the FAI cup door senior cup every year and you know progressing further in the intermediate cup as well our manager Stephen Bradley would probably remember that when he scored a free kick that day absolutely yeah I remember it um let's just say um it was uh it was it was a big scoreline obviously the Gulf of class was 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 quite vast, um, but again, we always talk about Jason Hegarty's goal. And anyway, I think that's more important in our history, let's just say, than the actual result on the day. You represented the club when the draw was made in Kilkenny last month. What was your reaction when Rawers and Glenville came out of the hat? Absolutely delighted. I mean, to having the back of my head going down. Obviously, that it was going to be, f- we knew that the fixture would be in and around the 20th anniversary. But to draw, you know, the most famous club in, in Ireland, it, you know, it, it was it was fairy tale stuff. We couldn't have handpicked the draw, really, you know. Um, I I did thank the FAI president and Martin O'Neill afterwards for saying, "Well done, that's a lovely draw for Glenville." He looked at me quite strangely, but you know yourself, it's a huge occasion for us, and and you know, a lot of our some of our founding players and founding members are Shamrock Rovers fans there are probably some here tonight that I'll see and um, you know there's always I suppose when we set up the club there would be aspirations to be modelled on clubs like the big league of Ireland clubs and all that sort of stuff to be able to to aspire to be like them and to, to aspire to test ourselves against them you know and it's something I think that we can look forward to I certainly believe that um, our boys We'll be very ready for the occasion. I'm going to try to do our best. You mentioned the strong ties at Rovers. What did uh, the players and other fans react? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the talk around Palmerstown is fantastic. Um, I've spoken to a lot of the, the ex-players and players now. That uh, last night I spoke to a few of the players, and they, they, they're they're excited. Obviously, they're excited. You know, it, it's it's a great venue to play football here in Tala. It's very very nearby us. So you know, it's only a, a drop across the M50, few miles to get here the excitement around the community is brilliant it's fantastic you know we're all talking about 20th anniversary and a big match against Shamrock Rovers we couldn't have probably gone out to say well how are we going to mark the 20th anniversary and, and make phone calls and emails and all that to see if we could mark the occasion but for it to be done for us by the FAO you know it's, it's fantastic to, to have it come out of the draw there's great excitement I know personally 
everybody I speak to, you know, when we walk around wearing our Glenville gear, people come up to say, oh, we're going on Friday, we should have a good night, and we're looking forward to it, you know, so it's a great buzz around the area again, and, and you couldn't help but be excited to be playing the way to Shamrock Rovers in the FAO Cup. Financially as well, it's very lucrative, Shamrock Rovers at Tala, what does it mean to Glenville for the rest of this season and next season? Well, financially, we would hope, obviously, that... Um, we're we're lucky in the position we are, even though we're a very very small club, and and you know we fundraise as hard as we can every season. Days like this do make a financial impact, there's no doubt. Um, but we're very very lucky with the sponsors that we have at the minute. You know, uh, you know, Frankie and Volkswagen, Cremona Fields, Mick Galvin there, Cremona looks after us every year, helps us out with what we need. Uh, Justin Lilby in Palmerstown, the chemist and Haven Pharmacies, all these sponsors help us and without them we couldn't survive and so hopefully we can give them a good day as well as you know turn up here and, and put on a bit of a show football wise as best we can um, Silver Granite are, are fantastic supporters of us the, the pub in, in Palmerstown so the financial aspect of it we're very very lucky with the partners we have and obviously big occasions like this will somewhere along the line make, make an impact but we're, we're more concentrating on what's on the pitch to present our team as well as we possibly can and uh, in conjunctions with our sponsors we do that every week not just the Friday night at Shamrock Rovers in the first round of the FAI Cup You'll be uh, big underdogs of course but are you dreaming of a giant killing act in Tata? We will be big underdogs I'm not really a betting man but um, I can imagine that if I walked into Paddy Power now or, or any of those uh, bookies that, that they'd probably laugh at me as putting money on Glenville to win um, we can always dream of it I mean, we've done things at Glenville Football Club over 20 short years that not many have. So, who knows? Who knows? Collinstown came here uh, and won in the Leinster Senior Cup, so you never know. Absolutely. I mean, there's a precedent set straight away. And, and you know, neighbours as well to us, we're, we're not far from Collinstown, so if they can do it, why can't we? Well, you've seen Dean Carpenter and Darren Clark in action. They just signed for Roberts. I've seen them at matches you know, over the over the last couple of seasons, all right. Um, I would be, as I said, I'm a kit man, so I spend a lot of time up to my armpits in, in Daz and Omo and all these things. So, the the more knowledgeable football people would tend to go and, and have a look at these matches. But uh, occasionally, when I can, again, I work weekends. But when I can, I would go and try and see as many local teams as possible. You know, Collinstown, Dublin Bus, Cherry Orchard, all them. You know, uh, this will be Glenville's first competitive game of the season. You're only in pre-season. Yeah. I know uh, Crumlin went up to Finn Harps and won, but do you think since the move to summer football in 2003, the days of the big upsets are kind of behind us in terms of non-league clubs beating Premier Division clubs? I suppose anything can happen. Um, we're coming here, as you said, you know, coming toward the end of our pre-season, um, and obviously the lads at, at Shamrock Rovers are flying through their season. You know they're. They've, they've done their pre-season, they've done all the hard work, they're, they're ticking along nicely. Of course, the bigger clubs have a, have an advantage, whether it's personnel, but also with the time of the year that it's coming into. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Anything can happen. What's your opinion on replays being scrapped in the first two rounds? Personally, th- th- there's, th- there's good and bad to it, I suppose. You know, You do have... If you're drawn away from home, for example, and there's no replay, you can't get them back to your play, your patch, you know, which home advantage would be a great thing, of course. Um, 
can I see the I can see the bonuses of having a, a winner on the day of course because you don't have another fixture backlog somewhere else with maybe a Tuesday night thrown in for, for teams and stuff like that you know and maybe our own league fixtures suffering and being shifted around so I can see the, see the po- positives to both sides really you know but um, sure if we win at 90 minutes I'm sure there won't be a problem <laughs> uh, so yeah sound, sound chap and genuine love for his club hasn't he yeah, really nice guy. He was our guest of honor at the Derry game. Yeah, no, he definitely, definitely we, a lot uh, for his club. We kidnapped him over to the the East End for the first half. Yeah, uh, lovely fella. Admittedly, a Pat's man. Boo. Yeah, good thing we didn't ask her. Yeah, so um, we beat Cork City one nil uh, after extra time in the semi final of the League Cup at Tallis. So um, we're gonna top of the team and what we wanted Bradley to put out, and we expected a couple of changes, but saw none. Um, full strength teams, both. Cork and us. I didn't want them to rest any players actually. No. Uh, I saw people saying rest the team and keep it fresh, but we had Glenville. Yeah, that's in the next that's game. what people were kind of forgetting. We Glenville coming up, and we'll talk about our. You'll see a difference in our starting 11s I think this week with if me it, in particular. Anyway, if it had been a Tuesday and then it was a league game the Friday, then yeah. But uh, Caulfield had said he would rotate his squad, but it turned out to be just mind games. Yeah. Did nothing of the sort. Um, but in terms of like winning the trophy, I, I yeah, I want to win it. He wanted I mean, to win that as well. You're telling me Caulfield sent that team out thinking, oh, well, we might not win. Of course he did. Should I stare treble out the window? So they wanted Look it, at yeah. the way they played. They sat back waiting for penos thinking we'll nick this, you know? Yeah, so um, Lee Grace was cup tied. So Ryan Connolly coming on was the only change. Uh, what formation did we even play? We were struggling at the start. We thought it was 4 3 3. It turned out to be 4 2 3 1. Yeah. Um, Davy Mack and Connolly were in the middle with uh, Finner and Spork and Brando were either side of Shaw's. That's what we thought for the 4 3 3. It was more of a 4 5 1, but we don't even know. I mean, Bork just pretty much does what he wants. It's a free roll nowadays, isn't he? Free spirit, yeah. Yeah, just roams around. Lukey was a centre back. Shaw's our defensive crisis at the moment. Yep. Trevor was at left back. And people asking, is he actually more effective there? He was against Cork. Because his runs from deep seem to be more effective, and mm. remember uh, his seventy-yard run against Derry. Yeah, and him and him. Yeah, I love those ones. That was when he was at left back, and also against Derry when he was at left back was when he put the ball in for Shaw. Two minutes to go, and Shaw at the post. Yeah, and you see him and Brando seem to play better with each other as well. When Brando's on the left, and he's as left full, so um, just he doesn't get the overlap though when he's on the left wing. Yeah. Whereas whoever's in the right wing gets the overlap from Madden. So it's something to think about anyway. Uh, good crowd from them for once. I mean, they don't normally travel, let's be honest. When when have you ever remembered Cork bringing a big support? They don't. They generally don't. I mean, the, band, the bandwagon is sucking diesel now. I mean, a few of their young Larry-looking lads are out throwing loafs at each other as well outside. I was telling you, the coppers, other, yeah. coppers broke it up, yeah. They had a banner saying, uh, we battered them. Yeah. It's a reference to uh, Stephen Bradley earlier in the season. I suppose whatever way they want to amuse themselves. Mm, we know. we make banners about our history and our fan culture. They make banners with quotes from our manager on them. Yeah, and uh, a question to all Cork fans out there. Where were you when your club died? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Ironically, we did better them this time. Mm, yeah, we did. We hopped off them, lumped them around, Tala. Uh, Aaron Green was there in the stands watching, and Ryan Legrew made a very good point to us in the East Stand. That he will be our very first sign next season, which is probably yeah. going to be true. 
And one fan won't be happy with that, who called him a sewer rat. A sewer rat, yeah. Threatened to revoke his membership. We will talk about this, if it happens. At the moment now, we will stay coy, but we will we will be shtum, because um, it's a bit touchy. But uh, we'll move on to Alan Bennett showing the red card for an off-the-ball instant. Turns out it was a stamp. I thought it might have been an elbow, but it was holding, Webster was holding his chest. So dirty Alan Bennett stamped on Webster's chest. Caulfield reckoned Webster conned the referee. GBH. Is that what Caulfield said? Yeah. Bitter little man. I missed it completely. I hate Caulfield. <laughs> his eyebrows in like that V shape and they're going up and down. He, he looks like you could re- you could Im- you could do his ac- you could do his accent, Carl. We're gonna have to get you to do that. Yeah, Alan Bennett, scorer of the greatest ever on goal in a Rovers game. Mm-hmm. He once lobbed his own keeper from forty yards. Forty yards. In an FEI Cup toy. <laughs> and we'd already lasted ten men. Uh, three times a season so I, that's, was, that's I wasn't the, confident yeah, that's the thing I mean it was a gutless spineless performance from them because like you said three times we've lost to 10 men and they came here and did nothing they sat back wanted penos and then a little bitter little man got sent to the stands I don't know what for I'd say he was just melting off Um, well in fairness to them they probably said break us down and we couldn't Mm. So it worked in that sense, but they were paying for penos from half time. And we did. I mean, let's be honest. We did break them down, but we just couldn't finish after the breaking was done. Yeah, but there was a lot of passing from side to side. It yeah, reminded me of Crawley yeah. Ball at times. Oh God, don't say that, Crawley Ball. <laughs> yeah, so Finn hit the post with a super save from Rat Boy McNulty. I'm gonna call him Rat Boy now. Does he remind you of a rodent? Not personally, no, but okay. You put the image Phys- in my head now. Physically, look at him, right? And we see him again. He looks like Splinter or like Ratatouille. He's, so, Rat Boy is... I enjoyed his rant after the cup final. I thought yeah. that was very entertaining. But. No, he's officially Rat Boy. So, Rat Boy McNulty, lovely save. Uh, fingertips yeah. onto the bar. And if if he didn't get that, it was going post name because the, the tips yeah. touched it on, you know. McAllister had blazed it over just near the end. Looked easier to score. Yeah. But God, uh, we missed some chances, didn't we? Like I yeah. said, they were playing for penals. Speaking of Finn, though, I loved how he took that game by the scrub of the Yeah, match. it was one of my more, like, I really enjoyed watching Ronan Finn because he just orchestrated everything. It was really, really good to see. He was class. And he's just fit. As, I think I saw someone saying that he was fading and he's been fading in games. He's our fittest player. He yeah. runs, he does 10k a game, easy. Yeah, credit to Ryan Connolly too because I noticed he was still full of energy right to the end of the game. Yeah. So it was. And he grew into the game. Yeah, well, no, he was because we were kind of a little bit critical at the start, weren't we? At the first half, saying, "What's he bringing to this game? He's not really yeah. doing much." So he definitely he did grow into it. He's got a lot of talent. So um, Luke Bourne came off feeling his hamstring, so another defensive injury, and we're we're starting to struggle here. I mean, how long is he going to be out for now? We'll find out. And Pico is still struggling from his. Uh, <sighs> Was, uh, let's not go over that again <laughs> um, Dean Carpenter had a good debut when he came off the bench hard as nails Carl what did I tell you yeah very solid debut indeed I'm impressed uh, but Touchwood does no more defensive injuries though <sighs> I thought his performance could have been a bit wooden you know considering he just came from the Lens Senior League but it was playing for all to see he was class we we do need to find our shooting boots I, like I said I thought we broke them down we we get get the shoe boots on as soon as possible, lads. I mean, take your your warm up form and into the into the match, you know. But um, yeah, the final ball was powerful. I mean, Madden, I love Manal, but until the last minute, can't cross which he actually made the goal. 
He put in about 25 crosses and they were all poor. Yeah. It's a, he does a fantastic play between him and the winger at times. He gets into really good positions and smashing player. But I think his crossing can be a can be a little bit better. Yeah, so penalties beckoned. Oh. It would have been a regular penalty shootout, not an ABBA penalty shootout. Are you familiar with this? No, ABBA? Yeah. Come on. In the community shield, they experimented. Oh, I saw this. You told yeah. me about it and I watched it and I didn't like it. Yeah. What's the purpose? No, it makes sense, I think, because the stats say that 60% of the time, the team that goes first in the penalty shootout wins. 60%? Yep. It's not a great percentage, though, is it? It matters for winning Champions League finals true, and stuff. True, true. Um, so he finally brought on doing it and Mikey O'Connor. I thought Mikey had a great cameo that no one really spoke about. Everything he did came off. His little touches, beating players on the on the eighteen edge of the eighteen air box, and whatever. Whenever he tried to do something, it came off. So will we see more of, of doing as well? The man of the moments. Oh my man, the man baller, the baller, quizmaster, <laughs> the quizmaster. Do do doing it. You kept asking me, what what's Brad gonna do now, Carl? What subs he make? I was like, doing it. Yeah, bring on doing it. Shut up, yeah. Do I ended it. up halfway down the east, and you were looking at me going, I told you. <laughs> so then came the call. Beautiful touch, James has very quick feet. Like I said, love to see more of them. And I mean, Carl, how many times have we seen James doing it in three months? He's made two sub appearances. Came on Sligo when he was okay. Tried to make things happen. Andrade, when he scored. Yep. And he scored in Bray as well. And he scored in Bray before. So that, he's yeah. definitely one to look out for, and we do like him, so we'd love to see a bit more of him. He thought a whistle for a free kick was actually the full time whistle. <laughs> and he turned to the crowd. He started blowing kisses <laughs> to the crowd, yeah. And then Boulder grabbed him and goes, Here, get, get your. I don't know what he said to him. He's like, The game is still on. And he just kind of blanked him. He's just like, Yeah, I'm what? I just scored. <laughs> Who cares what you say? But then uh, the pitch invasion was gas. It was like Captain's Row in the 90s when the ice cream van came around. It was just a sea of children devour the team. It's a gas moment. And this one young lad sprinted at Webby. And Webby torn just as he was running. And the look of just delirious happiness in Webby's face. And he grabbed him, hoisted him above his head and <laughs> ran with him in celebration. It's madness. We need footage of that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was so funny. Um, but the only thing is, nice flying heading our way too. And maybe something more serious considering the stern talk and to, I think it's the sixth yeah. sixth one we've had this season. And I mean, we're probably going to get in trouble from Delaney's El Cosa Nostra now. So. I'm not sure exactly how you're going to stop 100 kids invading the pitch though. Uh, it was nuts, man. It was just park your kid at the Rowers game day. It we was, mentioned our, our section in the East End that we're surrounded by 12-year-olds now. Yeah, we were looking around that, going... That emptied out after the goal. What's going on? Like we, I so, said to you, I felt like a teacher at school yeah. tour. Like It's just kids like I've never seen before. But like I said, they're the future. They're the ones we need to grasp onto and get them hooked. And well, get them on and you know, make them regulars. I saw a good point and that's... It would be good if we could save pitch invasions for night like, nights like that. And not have six or seven in the season for no reason. Yeah, if it's going to happen, which, um, I mean, it was a, a last-minute goal. Things like that are going to happen, yeah. Cup it's going to happen. a team that's lost once this season. Let's put it in perspective. We're not condoning it. We're just saying how it is. Cork haven't lost all season bar one game. It was an old-school, spontaneous pitch invasion. Name our last late goal. Come on, it was brilliant. Actually, yeah, I have stats about that. Remember, we were talking to Jace Maloney about it. Yeah. And he was appalled because we said only... Twice in the league since the 2011 title, wow. had we scored in the last 10 minutes of a game to win it. But there were two others in cups. We'd also done it away to Coleraine mm-hmm. and Cork, 
in the 2013s Atlantic yeah. Cup. And uh, we love our last minute goals against Cork, don't we? Oh, do you know what? I was in Portugal in the last one, Twiggy. Yeah. So I that remember was, that. That was a shock. That was brilliant. I was actually on the bar. I was Played really that. bad that day. Got an undeserved equaliser. It was also there. Mayhem in the stand. What a crowd as well. Yeah, yeah. Full, full cork, full, cork, full stand there. There was also Derek Foran in 2013, which mm-hmm. I bet no one listening to this remembered until I brought it up just now. Mm, yeah. And there was then his free kick in the satan posting in. Yeah. Um, but we, I mean, really enjoy that one. To win in that, so. to win in that fashion, such a great feeling. Yeah, it's brilliant, it really is. So uh, here's what James Doon had to say immediately after the game on Monday. Uh, James, last minute of extra time. The goal finally came. Describe the feeling. Ah, oh, it's unbelievable. Waiting for that for a long time now. Last goal was dreaded, but can't beat that. Goal to get us into the final. Buzzing. How could you the goal as the ball came to you? Oh, I only had one thing in my mind. That was just chopping. Hit it straight. I knew that if I got on target, it would be a good chance we'd go in. Thankfully for it, I did. <coughs> Huge noise in the ground when the, ball, when the goal went down. Oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. All the crowd screaming, um, loved it. We had a lot of chance in the game, so much of the ball, it seemed like the goal would never come. Yeah, I thought we, I knew, I had a feeling it was going to come, it just had chances, maybe we had to be patient and wait for the right one, and as again, thankfully I went in, we got one. After the defeat, the balls in Derry, that must have been very satisfying to get a win. Ah, oh, 100%, we needed to bounce back. The games that I thought we could have got something out of as well, like, and we just needed a bit of luck, but now obviously, cup win, look forward to it as well. Keep going on the lake, bounce back then. I've done dark in the final, really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, can't wait. It's always good to get your eyes on. Hopefully, get, we played them two years ago, I played in the final. Uh, the Lens Senior Cup and we lost, so hopefully, get a bit of revenge. What do it mean to you to get the first piece of silver of your career? Ah, I'm waiting for that moment now. Up here two years and Rovers before that, I always remember, always winning trophies, we need to get back to that. You've only featured a couple of times in the last few months, but you've done well and you've come on. You've got three goals, so you think after this you're going to be really knocking on the door? Yeah, yeah, the lads are playing well as well. I've got to just keep, keep working hard and training, but hopefully more chances to come now, more goals. I think you have to tag a super sub after this? Uh, I don't know, yeah, hopefully. Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, so that was doing it. Yeah, Brady said that him and the staff were laughing because that's what Duna does every day in training. He feints and shifts the ball. And he just took it onto his weaker left foot. Oh, yeah, as if we finally got one. Drilled it home. Yeah, it's exactly what we needed, a bit of magic. Super, super goal, it really was. And he's so much talent, so hopefully we see more of him. He's a good lad as well. Uh, some people were baffled by the music selection on Monday. Apparently it was 70s night for one night. Mick Cairns on the PA. Some man. Apparently every time he's on it we win, so... <laughs> I didn't know that. Now, a few inspirational moments of speech as well from him. <laughs> it was gas. At halftime he said... I was like, who was that on the PA? <laughs> At halftime he said, we're only 45 minutes away from a final. Yeah. And it was nil-nil at the time. Oh, and it went to extra time. <laughs> gas, man. Um, the stream of the semi-final games got 90,000 views. That's brilliant. 12.5% from overseas. So, I mean, it shows there's an audience there. So, uh, FAI Communications Executive Kieran Crowley was commentary with Conan Bourne, and they had a couple of funny exchanges. Kieran said, here comes Dean Carpenter, the latest young player to join Rovers. And Conan Bourne said, yeah, he's young coming into the league, really young, young coming into the league, really young. Actually, he's 26. That's pretty old to be starting in the league. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kieran said, James Dune is coming on now. What do you think about him, Conan? 
And Conan Bourne said, yeah, he's another young and exciting prospect Rovers have in their squad. Looks like the actor from Love, Hey, who's in Dunkirk. Do you see Dunkirk? And the commentator says, yeah, it's a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and just before the end of full time, one of them said that he wouldn't wish extra time in this game on his worst enemy. Oh, no way. <laughs> um, so we can move on now to Dundalk. They beat Galway 3-0 the other semis. Talk of a coin, a coin toss to decide the venue, but that was scrapped and it's announced that the game will be played at Tallis Stadium. 3pm on Saturday the 16th of September so yeah so the game in Jakar on the 15th that'll have to be moved yep but yeah Bradley had said that we'd play it in Jobstown Park if they wanted <laughs> he didn't care but the last league cup final 2014 that was at Oriel Park there was also Leicester Senior Cup final we played against them 2015 yep Oriel Park so they were certainly due they must be freaky trip yep. to Tata and I had so. a stat about it actually we played Six League Cup and Santander Cup finals since 2011, mm-hmm. and all of them have been played against either the Dock or Drada. No way. And five of them in Tala. Yeah, we smashed on. We smashed Drada, didn't we? It was like six, seven, one. Yeah. So in the league on Friday, go we got their first away win in 15 months. Wow. A Finn Harps, Paddy McCourt was sent off in that one. Um, the Dublin City Council still have to apply for the 20 million funding to develop. Daily Mount Park that's never going to happen Carl. <laughs> into a 10,000 seater stadium six months after unveiling their grand plan so the scheme appears to be at a standstill with the DCC no nearer to finding their money would this be happening if it was a GAA venue ah be already built yeah, yeah. so uh, Crotty left balls by the way another news is that official yeah yeah and I'm hearing he's gone to pass probably just gone to work are you sure he works anyway does he that bit brave yeah, so Bray Ronders want to construct up to 400 apartments on the Carlisle grounds to fund the building of their proposed new facilities. Do you know what? This is just disgusting. The plan was revealed in a letter signed by the club's interim chairman, Jerry Mulvey. Oh my God, do you know what? It's just typical that I was hurling. God, fuck. Oh, come on, we won't even get into it. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah. Surprising turn of events. Oh, stop. Uh, Conor O'Malley signed for Peterborough. Great signing. Good goalkeeper. So it's up to Baz to keep Pats up now. Although they just signed a Polish goalkeeper from Portugal. Hopefully so I don't know what that means that for little, uh, Portuguese crew that like to fix games. <laughs> the questions need to be asked now about why we kept Craig Hyland instead of O'Malley. Yep. I'd love to know whose decision that was. O'Malley was actually player of the year for us when he was at the B team. Well, very, very interested to see what was going on there. Maybe he left by himself. I don't know. So Dave McCahey at the age of 39 joined Drada from Waterford. He's the Premier Division's oldest player. That's a good sign but might be too late that's the only thing I think they're doomed yeah um, former Rovers player Craig Walsh signed for Crumlin and he came toward on Sky One's football's next star he was in Chicago before that playing very well he was banging in goals left right and centre so good signing for Crumlin Craig's not actually going to live in Crumlin though is he because it's very dangerous no I don't think so he, he might need an escort maybe, yeah. maybe that's part of the deal he probably has like a bodyguard yeah <laughs> so shout out to Between the Stripes the Longford podcast another great show this week despite having GAA corner forward on it no surrender really <laughs> and we see that Robbie Keane is off to his boyhood club in India uh, where they steal the whirling club crests <laughs> how did that happen I don't know how did they just get a break quest how did that happen they was just blatantly just robbed it oh. ah, so um, we have Mikey O'Connor being linked with Burnley with a strange one Who I mean we barely know what he's like as a footballer I mean we've seen not much of him at all so how can they want him I don't know well he played against him in the friendly so one game though must have liked the look of him yeah. but. 
Uh, what else have we got? The Man United Liverpool friendlies. Over 90,000 Irish fans spent 5 or 6 million euro watching two English teams in Dublin and James Dooner was among them. Barstooler. Barstooler. So I hope... Uh, I hope we both live to see the day that the league prospers, Carl. I don't think we will, though. Um, with good facilities, healthy attendances all around, sadly. With the current regime in control and not caring about the league and John Delaney corrupting everything as he touches, it's just poi in the sky stuff. I mean, he learned his, he learned his trade from Blatter, didn't he? Sorry, that's what that's what you're looking at. Did anyone say these words to you over the weekend? The football is back. Oh, st- oh football never left. You're allowed murder any Irish person that says that. <laughs> So our Darwin brothers down under got badly beaten by the Sid- by Sydney FC last weekend, uh, or last Wednesday, eight 0 But a nice earner and great exposure for the club. Yeah, four goals for Bobo, their Brazilian striker. Yeah, and Darwin travelled to the game in a limo. Tell you what, he's no clown that Bobo. <laughs> Tumbleweed for that. Uh, Bolislav were actually knocked out by the Albanians last week. Lost on penalties. Mabratu missed the last one. Goal, goal, missed the penalty. So, Bnei Yehuda went out as well, but they beat Zenit St. Petersburg in Russia in the second leg. So, yeah, so Bnei Yehuda, our old friends, were actually relegated three years ago, but uh, simply back good, up. Good comeback. Yeah, good comeback, super. Beating Zenit, especially away. Our under 15 National League fixtures were announced. So, Rovers are in Group 2 at Town, Bray Wanderers, Galway United, UCD, and guess who else? Kevin's boys, it was destined to happen, wasn't it? Yeah, Bradley criticised their inclusion. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, recently or before? Last week. Yeah. Oh, last week? As, as yeah. soon as last week? What did he say? Uh, I can't remember what he said. Basically, like, they're getting preferential treatment or something. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd be... Um, that's It's a touchy subject, trust me. It came up on the Rovers chat and it's quite touchy, so that's for another day. But our under-15s beat Finn Harps 2-1 in a pre-season friendly at Rollstone on Saturday. Ireland under 16 international manager Paul Ozam was an observer at the game and also the great Theo Dunn of Rovers and Shells fame. Theo's uh, great grandson Evan Caffrey was playing for the Hoops, continuing a great dynasty in the process. Rovers are managed by Damien Duff, while Harps are managed by ex striker Kevin McHugh. And their under 17s playing the quarter final of the Mark Farron Cup on Thursday, drawing 1 all at Bishopstown. Dean Williams with the equaliser. Rovers were all over them in extra time, but it went to a dramatic penalty shootout. But goalkeeper Kelvin Geraghty saved twice in the shootout. And then it was over to midfielder Jack Priestley, who had been outstanding for Rovers all night. And you could hear the pin drop on the ground as the Portlaoise lads stepped up to the spot. And he duly converted. And the mad rush from Hoops players and management followed. So congratulations to our 17s. And then on Tuesday in the semi-final against Waterford in Kilbarry, the 17s came back from 2-0 down. And a Dean Williams brace before Waterford went on to win 4-2 in extra time. So, I think so unfortunately, that's them out. 4-2 in extra time. So, their next league game is away to Wexford on Sunday at 2pm. And the under-19s, who weren't in action last week, they're away to Galway at Saturday, 4pm. And two of our players recently went to St. Pat's. There was uh, Lee McEntee from the 17s. And Shane, Sto- Shane Stokes from the 19s. Yeah, I'm hearing I'm hearing it wasn't by... Well, but obviously by choice, but I'm hearing there were pretty much dropped so well, uh, we're not too sure but I don't think um, they voluntarily went you know just for for prospects I think uh, I don't think Pats are, are, are a great set up at that level so uh, we wanted a bit of insight how the under 19s are doing so far this season so there's no better man to talk to than Robert Goggins so um, he had some FAI Cup history for us as well so we're going to roll that one out and here's Rob ok I'm here with uh, Robert's historian author photographer man of many talents Robert Goggins and uh, we have a few topics today we're going to start off with the interview that we had with Jason McLean 
last week about 1899 did you get a chance to listen to it and do you have any follow up on it I did Carl I listened to it I thought it was a very good interview um, very open and very honest from Jason he told us exactly as it happened how he discovered the 1899 reference all very understandable considering the new technology that we have now there's no point in me going back over all of that again like 30 years ago, 40 years ago when I started researching uh, you just didn't have that technology so it was impossible to find so that was an absolute gem that he found and what he said was true I was over the moon the morning he told me about it There's a moral research to be done Well yes of course there is because this has opened up a whole new scene for us because now there's this challenge for us to try and find out more information regarding what could have gone on around that era around 1899 or before it possibly uh, it's going to be very difficult though to come up with anything new because at that time the newspapers carried only very small amounts of information on football and as you know we have absolutely zero records on our club from that era so uh, we, we, will, we are looking we've come up with a couple of little things but you know without being absolutely certain there's no point in putting stuff out there because I think it's false information that's gone out before that just causes confusion. Uh, we're going to have Pat Flynn on the show next week, so he knows all about the under-17, so we're going to focus mainly on the under-19 today. So can I just ask you, how are their season going? Yeah, they're actually doing okay. They should qualify for the top four in their section. They're good enough to. The problem with the 19s has been that a lot of their players have been on first-team duty, so they're never quite sure what team that they're going to have. They've also had uh, a lot of injuries, but um, I think they've sort of settled now. They had a bit of a reverse last Saturday against Waterford, uh, having had a very good win against Bray only a couple of days earlier, but that's the nature of that league. Uh, I think that Shamrock Rovers from first team 1917s are trying to play a really attractive brand of football but sometimes they come up against teams that are more physical than them and sometimes I think that maybe we too might just have to sacrifice a little bit of our good game to counteract these um, physical approaches the physical approaches from some of the other clubs especially the country clubs and the 19s do have a full strength team it's, it's very strong it's, uh, Boyd, Duna uh, Bone, even Mikey O'Connor although he got a red card last week well I thought Mikey was very unlucky because the Waterford keeper came to the edge of the box to meet the ball uh, the ball was high in the air and I think he had actually stepped over the line and he wasn't sure I could actually see in his face because I had zoomed in on my camera I could actually see in those couple of moments the indecision he didn't know what to do so he just decided that he would try to head the ball and he clashed with Mikey. Mikey, I thought, was entitled to come in for the ball, but the referee saw it differently. Uh, I didn't speak to the referee after the match, but presumably she felt it was dangerous play because she produced a straight red card. I thought Mikey was unlucky. I thought that perhaps a yellow card under the circumstances would have sufficed. Unfortunately, the keeper was injured in the incident, which I don't think helped Mikey's cause. Well, the team really miss uh, Aaron Dobbs. He was one of the top scorers. Yes, well, it was a bit of a surprise move when Aaron went down to Wexford, but it was a very good move for him. Um, he did jump up a year from 17s to 19s 
when a lot of his teammates actually stayed in 17s last year. But Aaron is an exceptionally strong individual. I've been speaking to one of his teammates from Wexford Utes last week who was very, very impressed by him. He's very strong. He's very hard to knock off the ball. That's probably the reason why he gets so many goals because when he's on that ball defenders to find, find it hard to get him off him. He's really good in the air as well as on the ground so he's good all around and I think that the loan spell is going to work out really well for him. What players in the 19s would you say would be ready to set up the first team? Who's really stood out this season? Well look I'd have to say probably all of them because most of them have also come up from the under 17s. I mean, I don't want to leave anybody out, but if you look at Richie English, I think that uh, I thought Richie wasn't going uh, particularly far last year, but yet this year he seems to have found his form again. I'm um, very impressed with Richie. He done well in the pre-season friendlies that we had here. Uh, I would also look at the two centre halves, uh, Keen Collins and uh, another lad, Sean Callan who is not getting much of a mention but I think that Sean is an exceptionally good player uh, maybe a little bit raw, more raw than Keane uh, Keane probably has the edge if you were asking me about any one particular player that hasn't actually come through to the, ninth, to, to the first team at the moment I would probably say Keane off the top of my head and uh, he has now been allocated a first team squad number so I'm presuming that the management are probably thinking along the same lines it's great that we can host games in the, the pitch in Roadstone as well. Yes, um, the Roadstone is a fantastic facility. For years we've been all over the place. Uh, now we have our own 4G pitch out there. Uh, we don't actually have dressing room facilities or that at the moment. We're using the rugby club's facilities. But uh, we will have facilities, I believe, very, very soon, which will be great because we have everything else out there in Roadstone. The matches, as you know, have been played there now. The 19s have played uh, one, the 17s have played two or three out there, uh, competitive games, that is. Uh, and they're all training there, as you know, first team right down to the very little kids. So that's our home now, Roadstone, apart from, from Tallis Stadium here. It's our home for everything else. All right, so we're going to move on to the FAI Cup now. So Rob was 24 times winner of the FAI Cup but haven't won it in 30 years. Do you think this is an albatross around our neck at this stage? Yeah, look, I think anything when Rovers don't win anything is an albatross, but it's gone on a bit too long, I think. Uh, 25 years for a club with our history. Can we do it this year? Well, who knows? Because you don't have to be the best team in the country to win the FAI Cup, as you know. You just have to be the best team in each of those rounds as, as you come up against your opposition. A lot of it could depend on the look of the draw. A lot of it could depend on what happens in the games. Uh, I think we possibly have a squad that could get to the final anyway. It all depends who we play in the final. I think on our day we have proven that we uh, we can match anybody out there in that league. Um, have you heard people saying like this could be our year? When you hear that do you think oh, I've heard this before or do you actually believe this could be the year? Well, I think um, I believe every year could be our year, to be quite honest with you. Um, you'd have to believe that. But whether it is or not, I don't know. I would never dismiss any opposition. We play Glenville next week. I wouldn't be happy until the whistle goes after 90 minutes because football's a funny game, as you know. Uh, we saw that in English and the European football last year in particular. Anything can happen at all in football. So, look, let's go out there next week, do a professional job 
we're in the next round let's see who we get in the draw and just take each game as it comes you wouldn't be the superstitious type as in there's some sort of Milltown curse being that we haven't won since 1987 no I'm not the superstitious type because we know our history tells us what happened to the club in the period from 1987 right up to uh, 2009 when we moved into Tallet, this club really only started to take off again when we came into Tallet. We were in the cup final a couple of times, as you know, uh, 1991 FAI Cup final. I often felt that maybe the players were too hyped up for that final, that they showed a certain amount of nervousness. Had they been a bit more settled on that day, who knows, they might have won the cup. You know, it just comes down to things like that. We've had a couple of chances, as you know, against Derry, against Sligo, whatever. It didn't happen, but, you know, we've been there close enough on a couple of times, so who knows. I remember a newspaper interview you did back in 2002 when we got to the final, and you said that you had a book ready to go about Rovers in the FAI Cup. You were just waiting for that 25th Cup, and here we are 15 years later. Is the book still in a drawer somewhere? I updated every year and I've probably added a few more bits and pieces onto it since. So yes, the book is ready to go. I'm just waiting on these boys downstairs to go and win that cup for us and then I can launch that book. Uh, Rovers have lost three finals since the last one. Lots of semi-final defeats to 30 years of heartbreak. Is there any specific games that kind of stick out in your mind for the wrong reasons? Well, probably the game that we played in Dundalk, the semi-final, when we were beaten 4-0. Because, you know, we did believe that that could be our year, quite honestly. Uh, to go to Oriel Park and there were 7,000 people in the ground that night, and to be down, I think it was 3-0 at half-time, and then to go down 4-0, like, one or two minutes into the second half. And uh, I thought that was particularly disappointing, a particularly disappointing performance that night. We just weren't, weren't at the races that night. There's so many games that you possibly could pick out, but that one in particular just sticks out in my mind when you ask me the question. That's the one that just jumps straight into my mind. Well, let's end on a positive now. So what's your favourite ever Rovers, if you like, up memory? Um, possibly the 87 Cup Final when we won uh, the f- we had won the four in a row and we had just won the cup then to make it a treble double uh, as you know the Ferrari over Milltown had only broken out it was suddenly the club had been thrown into a crisis Dundalk had been the only team to beat us in the league that year uh, only a couple of weeks be- be before the final they also beat us in the league cup final that year so we were anything but sure that we were going to win the FAI cup we went out that day and we just didn't give them a look in at all. Uh, it was a fantastic performance. Unfortunately, it was to be the last time that we would see that four in a row team win a trophy. I'm sure the famous six in a row feature heavily in your book. Well, they do, but I wouldn't uh, like to, I didn't want to make it disproportionate, so it wouldn't matter whether it was the first game against. Uh, Tipperary Wanderers, or you know, from that era, UCD Tipperary Wanderers, or whatever. I have a good spread done on that sort of era to kind of explain what it was like in the club at the time and those games because there hasn't been very much information about them up to now. Uh, so I just spread it out all kind of evenly. Yeah, the six in a row obviously was a fantastic achievement, but I, I don't go overboard no more than I go overboard with the four in a row era. I just kind of keep everything spread out as best as I can. I remember one time. Um, I think it was the 100 years book that I did and a Rovers fan challenged me saying that I had very little about the 
the dark years of the 1970s but I just explained to him that I didn't have very much uh, in the way of photographs because that uh, publication was photograph intense and I just didn't have the stuff but at the same time I walked away from that with the lesson that yeah if you're doing something like that no matter whether it's good times or bad times you have to try and spread it out evenly yeah, so that was Rob Goggins and uh, educating us once more on the history of the FAI Cup. He says it's gone on a bit too long. It's gone on a bit too long. Yeah. I'll say. Say that again. Yeah, for any of our younger listeners who may have heard us talk about losing a semi-final and a final in 2002, maybe you might have thought that was confusing, but there was actually two FAI Cup seasons in one year that year, 2002. Ah, very good. There was a transition year before summer football began. And uh, Keen Collins was on the bench against Cork on Monday. You heard Robert mention him. Yeah. He was given the number 23 shirt, so he's been... He's officially a squad member. Promoted to the first team, yeah. yeah. And uh, Robert put Aaron Bolger on the cover hoop scene. So that was the neck thing that you walk around with in look, Iceland and in Prague. He looks surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Robert said he took the photo of him in the, the airport in Prague. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I remember that well. He's walking around with it everywhere. Uh, so next up we have Carl's stats and they're so good even the Prez listens so we're going to start with Rovers had scored uh, Rovers had scored in 14 consecutive tally games before Derry the record is 18 in the 2013 season so Rovers lost 3 consecutive games at Tala for the first time so they lost for the first time really yep and Derry became the first team to win on 3 straight visits here as well so 3 is not the magic number at the mm-hmm. moment. Uh, since 2009, only two clubs, Cork in 2014 and Derry in 2017, have achieved a clean sweep over Rovers. And we have 11 league defeats this season. Ugh. That's the most since 12 in 2008. Wow. Yep. That's a lot. <laughs> it is. So Rovers beat Cork for the first time in two years, qualified for their first League Cup final in three years. Before Monday, 12 Rovers games in the Tala era had gone to extra time. Rovers won two against Partizan Belgrade in 2011 and St. Pat's in 2013 League Cup and lost two Sporting Fingal in 2009 FAA Cup and Balls in the 2011 Lancer Senior Cup. The other eight went to Penos. Ronan Finn made his 200 appearance for Rovers against Cork with a man of the match performance. My man of the match anyway. Only Gary McCabe has made more in the Tala era with 241. Another milestone saw Brandon Melee play his 100 game for Rovers anyway. I like that one. Yep. It's a good little stat. As a non-league club, Rovers reached the final of the first ever FAI Cup in 1921-22, going through four qualifying rounds and getting a defeat in Tipperary overturned. So St. Pat's in 1949 are the only non-league club to non-league club. <laughs> we should, I'm going to let them know that uh, non-league club to knock Rovers out of the FAI Cup. Two others took the hoops to a replay and lost: Terenor Athletic in 1938 and Park Villa in 1975. Rovers have won 14 consecutive FAI Cup ties against non-league clubs at the first attempt since Park Villa, scoring over three goals three times and conceding only once to Sheriff at Tallis Stadium. Was that a John Lester goal? John Rock was John his name. Rock, yeah, yeah, still scoring Lester goals. was the big guy, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, gone to somebody else. I can't remember who he's gone to. He's left Sheriff anyway. Uh, Rovers, rec- Rovers record FAI Cup win was 7-0 over Dundalk in 1964 the Hoops beat Sheriff in 2014 and Middleton in 2016 with 4-0 but the last time they scored 5 against a non-league team in this competition 
was the 7-0 win over Tullamore at Milltown in 1987. The Hoops won both League Cup meetings with non-league clubs at the semi-final stage against Cove Ramblers in 76-77 and Fnad United against in 1987 and 88. Shamrock Rovers and Malmo under Roy Hodgson, record cup winners in their respective countries, have not lifted the trophy since 87 and 89 respectively. So we're both striving for a cup win. Yeah, Tolmer and Darren Meenan, they're the only players in the current squad that were alive the last time he won the FBI <laughs> Cup. Oh my God, what about Brazzer? He was probably just born. Um, Stephen Bradley won the FAI Cup as a draw of a player in 2005 and Simon Madden lifted the trophy with Dirty in 2012. Bradley played in Rovers' last FAI Cup appearance in 2010. Final appearance in 2010. He was sent off In to. Sligo, yeah. Sligo in the Cup. In yeah, the Aviva, yeah. Remember the red card? <laughs> yeah, screwed us, didn't it? We were really stuck for players that day. Roy Sarrett, Roy Full. Yeah. So Ronan Finn and Darren Meenan won the Cup of Dundalk 2015. Finn was man the match in his last year's final defeat to Cork. Michael O'Connor scored in Crumlin in an earlier round, but he was not in the match day at squad at the Aviva Stadium. Meenan played in Sligo's 2009 final defeat in Talla. I didn't know that one. Yeah, Fingal won in Talla 2009. Gary mm-hmm. O'Neill got two leg goals. I remember, I remember watching it on the TV. Glenville are a Leinster senior club from Palmerstown celebrating their 20th year in existence. They received a boy in the preliminary round. In the 2015 round, Glenville lost to Talisoid Freehouse Clover. Two non-league clubs qualified for the quarterfinals that year, but St. Francis were the last team to reach the semi-finals in 1990. St. Francis are uh, a sleeping giant of Lancer Senior Football, who apparently are coming back strong. I think they signed Aidan Price, and I think they signed Paul Caffrey, two former hoops. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's one to look out for. P. Martin was manager in that. 1990 final Jesus he's old isn't he Dinosaur isn't he Jesus So Glenville reached the second round in 2013 Lost training to Limerick with a Bradzer free kick And the last goal of his career on that day And when I asked him about that he didn't remember it at all Not at all Yeah I thought Bradzer would have remembered a free kick now But um, in the 2010 second round at Richmond Park They were beating 7-1 by Bowes who had Glenn Cronin in the squad since the move to summer football 2003, Crumlin United are the only non-league team to knock a Premier Division club out of FAI Cup when they won 1-0 at Ballybofey because they're only a pre-season, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a struggle for them. Yeah. And uh, the Premier League teams are full flow. So uh, so that's the stats so far. The best stats ever. And we're going to move on to starting 11s and predictions. I was thinking, Gareth, why don't I go first for a change go this for week? It. Go for it. Right. Mine's quite different this week. Yeah. This is the most interesting certain level we've had in a while, like, isn't it? Right, but I think Shaw, Clark and Melee should all be rested. Shaw, Clark and Melee rested. Okay, that's... I'm, I'm nearly with you there. So here's my team. Horgan, Madden, Grace, Webster, Carpenter, back four. Duna, Connolly, Finn... McAllister Okay Strong midfield Okay Burke and O'Connor Mine's a little bit different I'm going to go 4-4-2 I think uh, I'm going to go with Horgan Carpenter left full Grayson Webby centre half And Madden right full I'm going to go with Duna And Trev on the wings With Bulger And Finn in the middle And Mikey and Dean Dillon Up front Dean Dillon Dean hmm. Dillon yeah Dillon and Bulger Of youth and experience and a 4-0 win is what I'm going for. But oh, I think the there's prediction. enough there's enough 
there's enough experience in that team. You've got Finn, who can bring Aaron Bulger along, who's a really good player. You've got Mikey up front with Dylan, so two raw talents. You've got Trev, who can run amok on any, against anyone on his day, and Dylan is some great player. And I kept the back four relatively experienced. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd, I'd, be, I'd be happy enough with that. Yeah, I like the inclusion of Bulger there. It's just I only had Dylan. I'd bring on Bulger for Dylan in the second half, see what he can do. Yeah, yeah. What score uh, are you going to go oh, I'm going to say 5 0. 5 0, nice. By the way, just amazing is tempting fate. Go on. His honeymoon is on Cup final day. Oh, Jesus. Over the League Cup? No, the FAI oh, Cup. Oh, the FAI Cup. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so our next show is Monthly Madness with the one and only Paflin. And uh, that'll be out on Monday night. We'll be recording on Sunday. Oh, so, I can't uh, wait. It's going to be good crack. Yeah, can't wait for that. Monthly Madness is starting to get... Uh, it's, 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 it's great crack at this stage. So, all right, so I think we should get off to a modest start this season with the FAI Cup. Not, I mean, no grand statements, no drive for 25. I mean, we'll, we'll keep our cards close to our chest. and One game at a time. One game at a time. So uh, that's it for this week, folks. So keep on hooping. See ya.